0: All right, so let's get into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 6 is uh, where we have been. This is the last installment of our series, First Things First. We've been been talking about putting things that matter first in our lives. We talked about church attendance because it matters. It will affect your life. It will affect your family. It will affect the way that you live your life. If you don't value God's house, if you don't put God's house first, something's out of order. Right, it's, it should be a priority. It really should be. Uh, we talk, We've talked about prayer. We've talked about the importance of studying God's word, et cetera, et cetera. But today we're going to talk about the fun one, fasting. And fasting really is fun. When you've done it, when you have fasted, when you have it as a rhythm of life, you begin to actually enjoy what happens, what transpires. Now, the the grumbling. There's actually a, there's a chemical. That makes, did you know this, that makes your stomach grumble. How many of have had those grumbling, so loud that you, it's talking to you, right? So loud that your, na- your neighbors get in the communication, right? There's a chemical that makes that happen. So the grumbling stomach, the, the pains that come with it, when, sometimes when you fast, if, when, if you go on extended fasts after a couple of days, your body begins to detox, and all of these chemicals begin to uh, move in your body, and it hurts Like it will make you feel like you got hit by a Mack truck. Now that stuff is not fun, but what transpires in your spirit, the encounters that you have with God, the perceptivity of your spiritual sense to be able to discern the voice of God, the things that God has spoken to me in times of fasting, it makes it sweet, it makes it a joy. Amen. Are you willing to forego a candy bar, a meal, to spend time with Jesus? That's what it's about. All right, so let's get into this. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, the necessity of fasting. It should be a part of your life as a Christian. It should be a rhythm of your life. It should be a routine of life. Of your life. It should be something that you practice. Fasting should not be foreign to us as believers. It should be a normal part of our life. All right? Fasting, the necessity of fasting. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows all things For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to, to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret place will reward you openly. Okay. Just a couple of, of things. Fast and private. Don't talk about it. Don't boast about it. Don't complain about it. Because as soon as you have done that, you've lost the reward. It's clear. It's what Jesus is teaching there says, if, if you do that, if you, if you fast so that you appear to men to be spiritual, you have your reward. You know what it is? You look spiritual to certain people. And then others will sniff you out and know the truth. Do it in secret. Fast so your wife doesn't even know you're fasting. Let it be between you and the Lord. Right? Don't do it to be seen by men. But do it to draw close to God. That's the purpose of it. Do it in secret. Keep it a secret. I believe we need to fast, and we need to talk about this more now than ever before. Why? I want to read a scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, Many walk, of whom I have told you often, this is New King James, and now I tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross, Whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. We live in a culture of people whose gods are their bellies and they glory in their shame. We really do live in a culture that is glorying in their shame, perversion, deviancy, wickedness. We, Rachel and I went out yesterday for, for a meal. Walking into the restaurant, we saw a bumper sticker. And it, 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 it just declares that this world, I, I won't even repeat what the bumper sticker said, but it declares this, that this world is upside down. This world is calling good, evil, and evil good. Right? That's This whole sexual perversion movement, that's what it is. We won't even give it any more glory or detail. But that, that whole movement, there are people that are trying to force Shame on a culture and call it good. They're glorying in their shame. Their God is their belly. In other words, their appetites. I'm going to read another version here in just a second of, of that, that scripture, but it's their appetites. We, we live in a culture that is dominated, controlled, directed by their appetites. Everything that they do in life is to consume. Consume to try to fill a void, to try to satisfy the flesh, to try to satisfy appetites, right? Their God is their belly, they glory in their shame, and they set their mind on earthly things. That's why I think we as Christians, more than ever, need to start talking about fasting, because it really is—it hadn't just crept into the church, it's eaten the church up. Like we, we, so often, we can't tell the difference between the world and the Christians, right? Because, let's be honest, we're controlled by the same appetites, right? We're consuming just as much, right? Food, the sexual things, the, the money, entertainment, consume, 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 right? Let's read Philippians chapter 3, 18 and 19 in New Living Translation. I told you before often... And I say it again with tears in my eyes that there are many whose conduct shows that they are the enemies of the cross. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think that they think about this life here on the earth. That's what they're consumed with. That's why I believe the church needs a revival in fasting. We are called to be salt and light. And I want to tell you this. We will not be salt and light without consecration. We need to fast so that we can consecrate ourselves to God. Right? Again, not, not as some show of re- religious piety. We're, we're about to look in Isaiah at, at the fast that God doesn't look and doesn't like. And it is that. It's a show of piety. Like, just just fasting to appear spiritual right but we need a genuine humbling right a humbling of our souls a humbling of our spirit yielding we 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 christians need to yield we control so much of our lives we shouldn't be in control We're called to be a people who are submitted. We're called to be a people who are surrendered. We are called to be a humble people who are led by the Spirit of God. And yet we're striving. Our ego is driving it. Our passions are driving it. Our appetites are driving us. Think about the lifestyles that we live. The the lifestyle that we live today, we would be wealthy. I'm I'm talking about those of us in this building today that have the lowest income. We eat like kings ate just 100 or 200 years ago. And these things are driving us. Got to have a bigger car. Got to have all, this, all the entertainment, all the technology, bigger house, better, better house. Go, go and watch, you know, the, it, it, I, 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 I'll be honest. You, you go watch the television. You watch, uh, was it, HGTV and all those things about people, the way they're flipping their houses, putting millions of dollars into it. It makes you feel like your house is inadequate. And we got to remodel again, right? You think about it, all of this stuff drives us. All of these things, our senses, what, we, what we're seeing, what we're smelling, right? How many, how many of you, a smell has changed the course of your life? Like you were on an assignment to go do something and you smelt it and you went and ate it. <laughs> and you missed your assignment, right? By show of hands, how many of us in this room have ever taken an exit because we saw the meal on the billboard? Like we were headed home, but we saw the meal and we took a detour. And listen, I am not against, I enjoy food. I'm a foodie. I love food, especially tacos. You take me to Texas, when I, every time I go back to Texas, I got my favorite joints barbecue the tacos you name it i think god put food on earth and made it taste good for a reason it's to be enjoyed sex is to be enjoyed in marriage right these things that we experience the things that we sense in life they are for our enjoyment right but how often do they end up dominating us And controlling us. Our appetites are what put us into addiction. Our appetites are what send us into a life that's out of control. Greed. i got to have money. And it destroys our lives pursuing money. Right? The way that alcohol makes us feel. We start pursuing that and it ends up destroying our life. Christian, you were not meant to be controlled by substance, by possession, by your senses. We are meant to be under the control of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what, this thing of fasting is, is, is a, it's an exercise, it's a tool, whatever you want to call it, that God has given us, that helps us to humble our flesh, to humble our appetites, And to surrender the purposes of God. Listen, this is what I've come to understand in, 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 in times of prayer and fasting. Is that if I can control this king tummy. Right? The God of the belly. If I can get this under control. I can control all of my appetites. If you can learn to control this, you can learn to control your mouth. When the urge to gossip comes, you'll control it. When the urge to cuss comes, you'll control it. When the urge to tell a dirty joke comes, you'll control it. If you can learn to tame this, you can learn to tame your sexual appetites, your passions. If you can learn to control this, you can learn to get a handle on greed. You get a handle on your anger. Fasting humbles us. It really does. It humbles us. I want to take a look at a passage of Scripture. It, it shows us the type of fast that the Lord despises. It's in Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58, 1 through 10. Shout with the voice of a trumpet, a trumpet blast, shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending that they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves and you haven't even noticed. I'll tell you why, God responds. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. You're fasting to please yourself. Let let me just share something else. So I've been around people when they're fasting and these two things irk me. I'm sorry for being judgy but these, these two things. It's like when people are just going around telling everybody, I'm fasting this week, I'm fasting this week, I'm fasting. That, that irks me because of that passage we read a minute ago. The other, the other thing that irks me is when people build these massive menus to fast. I don't get it. We're gonna go on the Daniel Fast and there's this whole website devoted to meals you can eat on the Daniel Fast that taste good and will fatten you up. That's that's it. Just irks me. Sorry. All right. Two pet peeves. Do you have pet peeves? I have some pet peeves. Sorry. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. Daniel, when he went on his fast, he said this. He said, "I ate no pleasant food. He ate just enough to survive." Let me, let me talk to you just a, a, a couple of minutes. I want, I want this to be very practical. I want us to get something out of this that we can actually take home and apply. So I'm going I'm to teach some, some practical things. The, the question often comes up, almost every time that I preach about fasting, people come up to me afterwards and they say this, Pastor, what about I have this health condition, I, you know, I have diabetes, or I, I, you know, I'm on medication. Ex, you know, these certain things uh, keep coming up, and they're, they're very legitimate questions. Uh, you, you need to be wise in fasting. Don't, if, you, if, if you have any of those types of conditions, don't just stop eating food. Talk to your doctor about it. Talk to somebody who understands your, your medication and your nutrition and how all that works together and develop a plan accordingly. Like don't, don't do stupid stuff, all right? Be wise about it. And so some of the things that you can do, like, like for example, we, we, when we were pastoring in Texas, we led our church every single year on an extended fast. Sometimes that would be 40 days, sometimes it would be 21 days. But we would lead our church through seasons of, of fasting. And I was a, at that point, I was a, every day I was working as a carpenter, as a builder. And to try to go out and do that kind of work without any kind of food in your body you're, you're asking for trouble. So I would typically do some type of a Daniel fast. And what that would mean, I would throw some celery or a banana in the bag. And then my, my fasting would consist of me going and sitting in my truck on a, on a job site at lunch, crunching on some carrots or something, praying, spending time with the Lord. And that would be my fast. Very, very basic that, that's and the Daniel fast is basically that. It's it's vegetables. Uh, I think there's some lentils and things like that. Um, what do you call it? Leg mines? Is that how you pronounce that? I, stuff I don't usually eat, as you can tell. <laughs> but pretty much everything on the Daniel fast is stuff I didn't like. And here's one thing I learned the first time that I ever went on an extended fast. I did. The, we did a forty-day season of fasting, and I I did that Daniel. I was I was a builder. I was pastoring the church. And so I did the Daniel fast. It would be some, some carrots and things at, at lunchtime. And uh, very, very minimal, but just enough to keep strength and to be able to go do my job. I hate carrots. I hate everything. You name it. So let me rephrase that. I hated carrots, vegetables, everything that's healthy, I hated. I was a stop-and-go McDonald's Burger King diet kind of guy. Tacos, barbecue, greasy, everything not healthy. You know what I, what happened to me after 40 days of eating vegetables? We break the fast. I go back to eating normal foods and first week, this weird thing happened to me. I had a craving for celery. <laughs> it was weird. It was wild. Typically, it's some kind of candy bar or hamburger or something. Uh, what, what's the biggest Coke they have now? Like a hundred and twenty-four ounce, uh, you know, gulp at Seven Eleven or whatever? <laughs> Usually, that's what I would crave. But I had a hankering for celery. Isn't that wild? So here's something that you're going to figure out. The the things that happen to us in the natural when we fast, there is a spiritual parallel. So I I learned something. I was learning something there. When when you eat something as a regular part of your diet, when you get hungry, you will crave it. You see, the reason I crave tacos is because that's what I feed myself. But when I switched my diet up and started eating different foods, I began to develop a craving for those foods, right? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, right? When you start feeding yourself on the righteous things of God's kingdom, you will start craving those things. When you start feeding yourself with the word of God, your craving for pornography will be replaced with a craving for spiritual purity. We will crave what we feed ourselves. If you stuff Twinkies in your face every day, when you get hungry, you're going to want a Twinkie. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Like I said, what's true in the natural there is a parallel spiritual truth that you can get a hold of. Change what you're consuming, and you'll change your appetites. Consume the things of God, and you'll begin to crave, desire the things of God. It's amazing how that works. So here's the kind of fasting that God doesn't work, that, that, that God doesn't like, OK? He says, here's the reason I don't like it, I'll tell you. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. Look at verse 4. It says, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? Listen, Christian, please hear me. As long as we continue to live the lifestyles of carnal Christians, we're going to be cannibals. As long as we're eating the, the menu that's out there in the world for us to consume, you know what we're going to do in the church? We're going to eat each other up. Show me a church that's consumed with gossiping and slandering and backbiting. I'll show you a bunch of carnal Christians who are in the nightclubs and watching the Netflix binges, stuff that they shouldn't be. Right. While why, 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 why I'm mentioning that, why, why do we let people into our homes through our televisions that we wouldn't let through our front door? We watch it on TV, but we wouldn't let people do it in our homes. What are we consuming? Like one, of the, one of the greatest fasts you could probably ever go on is just a fast from your television. Shut it off and get in your prayer closet. Watch how your spirit transforms. Transforms. What, is, what good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me, God says. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. Just religious activity to appear spiritual. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this, the kind of, is this what you call fasting? Do you really think that this pleases the Lord? No. No. This is, this is the kind of fasting that I want, God says. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who are in need. Don't, do not hide from relatives who need your help. <laughs> anybody, anybody been there? <laughs> Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call the Lord, and he will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the, yoke, the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out of the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. In other words, the fasting that really pleases God is a fasting that gets down deep on the inside of us and changes and transforms us and makes us a bright, shiny people who aren't afraid to serve, who aren't afraid to give, who aren't afraid to love, who aren't afraid to forgive. All right? That's the kind of fasting that pleases God. What, what is fasting about? What's the purpose of fasting? There's one primary purpose, and if we miss this, we're missing it. If you fast and don't pray, you're not really fasting, you're just on a diet. Yeah, you'll lose a little bit of weight. But you won't grow spiritually. Right? By the way, when we fast, we lose weight and we gain weight. We lose weight in the natural and we gain weight in the spirit. What's the purpose of fasting? The purpose of fasting is to draw close to God. Period. That's, that's why the, diet, the, the, the menus with all these illustrious meals, yeah, they're all vegetables, but they're all buttered up and all this kind of stuff. That's why it bugs me. Because what, what, to me what fasting is, it's, it's getting away from the restaurants, it's getting away from having to prepare food, and by, by prepare food I mean pour a bowl of cereal. That's my idea of preparing food. but it relieves me having to think about what am I going to eat today relieves me I, I can take the time that I would normally run to the restaurant and I can sit in my truck on a job site I can get into a private cubicle in the office I can sneak away and I can just spend time with Jesus that's really the purpose of fasting Again, if all we do is stop eating, all you're doing is dieting. Fasting really is about having communion with the Lord. Joel and the prophet Joel in chapter two verse 12, he says, this, and this is God speaking. He says, "Now therefore turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Fasting is about turning to God. It's about drawing close to the Lord. James talks about it in James chapter four verse six says, Uh, God gives grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. To me, that's what fasting is really all about. It's humbling ourselves in the presence of the Lord so that he can lift us up. It's about drawing close to God so that he will draw close to us. That is ultimately the purpose, the intent of fasting. Prayer connects us to God, but I believe that fasting disconnects us from this world. I believe that. It takes you out of the restaurant and puts you in the prayer closet. It it, it takes you away from what you can see, smell, and taste and puts you right into the presence of God. That's what fasting will do for us. Fasting is meant to eliminate distractions. Amen? So number one... The purpose of fasting is to draw us close to God. Number two, it's to humble your flesh. I said it a minute ago. If you can get control of this, you can get control of any physical craving. You can get control over any urge if you can get control of your stomach. Let, let's just be honest. It is hard to control our stomach. Let's be honest. It governs a lot of our decisions throughout the day. Right? Right? So if we can learn how to humble that, we can learn to how to humble ourselves. Fasting humbles our, our flesh. Ezra, in chapter 8, verse 21, he says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from, his, from him the right way for us and for our, our little ones and for all of our possessions. Right. Ezra says, we, we fast so that we would humble ourselves. How many of you have an ego? No, no shows of hands here, but you have an ego that needs to be humbled. You've got an urge that needs to be humbled. You've got an attitude that needs to be humbled. How, how many of you, you're, you're thinking a certain way about somebody that needs to be humbled. How do we do that? Fast. Fast. Fasting will humble our flesh. Prayer, I believe this, prayer and fasting will destroy our pride. Now, if we're just going through a religious routine, if we're just going on the diet and we're not really drawing close to God, you you can keep having that nasty attitude. If you're just going through some kind of a religious exercise... Your pride will still be lurking in the shadows. But when we humble ourselves and fast and draw near to God, something transpires in that relationship, in that communion with God that changes us. And it will, make you, it will cause you to make different decisions. Rachel was talking about how David had that attitude. King David had that attitude about his enemies where he just wanted to wipe them out. But God took David through a process of humbling him where he said, Lord, give me mercy. I need mercy. You should wipe me out. I need mercy, right? Communion with God will change our attitude towards people, right? It humbles our flesh. It destroys our pride. So that's number two. Number one, we draw close to God. Number two, we we humble our flesh. Number three. Fasting heightens our spiritual senses. Did you know that when you haven't eaten, your natural senses are all heightened? God built that into us so we would be good hunters. We're all, everybody in this room is a miserable hunter because we buy our groceries at the grocery store and we have too much in our pantry. And so we are pitiful hunters God built into us this thing that whenever, whenever we are full, our senses are dull. And whenever we haven't eaten for seven days, we see clearer. Our, our sense of smell is heightened. We can hear a twig break in the woods four miles away. Because God engineered the human body that when we need food, we have the senses to find what we need to eat. That's the way God designed this human body. And I said it a minute ago, if there's a natural truth, there is a a parallel spiritual truth. When we fast, it sharpens our spiritual senses. Why haven't I heard from God? It's because you're working three jobs, and you have binge-watched seven seasons of your favorite show on the weekend when you had a day off. Throwing down Big Macs and pizzas and tacos and cereal and everything you could get your hands on. Why haven't I heard from God? Because your spiritual senses are dull. But something happens whenever we forego food and we make that, that commitment of consecration before the Lord, something transpires on the inside of us where our spiritual senses are heightened. You will hear from God when you fast. The voice of God will come in loud and clear. Amen? That's why I, I would encourage you, if you're, making, if you're about to make a major life decision Pray and fast. Hear from God. Hear from God. We hear about people getting ready to move across the country or uh, leave one church and go to another church. The question I always want to ask them, did you pray about that? Have you fasted? Have you spent time before the Lord and gotten direction on that? Don't make decisions on your own intuition. Don't let your ego drive your decisions. Don't let your comfort level drive your decisions. Don't let your passions drive your decisions. What has God said about it? Anybody ever have bad days, bad weeks, bad years? I have them as pastors. You know what I want to do? I want to. How many of you have heard those stories about pastors on Sunday afternoon, they're ready to quit the church, right? If I was motivated by my feelings, I would turn my resignation in every Monday, right? So we don't let our feelings, we don't let our passions, we don't let our senses. Direct our lives, we hear from God and move to what the voice of the Spirit is saying. We talked about, we've been doing a a class on spiritual maturity um, in our Wednesday night Bible study. You know the primary way that God has revealed himself to us? His voice or his word? His voice or his word? Just over the last month or two, in, in Bible study, I've had that realization that, that that's, that's the way that God has revealed some. them. I saw this. I think it's in Genesis 3, verse 8, I think. Maybe off a of verse or two there. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, where it's, it's that verse. How many of you, you, you know that, that God walked with Adam and Eve, the Bible says, in the cool of the day? If you go back and look at that, here's what it says. It actually says it's The voice of the Lord walked Right there, it doesn't matter what translation, you see either the, the, the noise of the Lord or the voice of the Lord walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. God reveals himself to us by his voice, by his word. Right? And we're out here making life decisions. I'm going to go on the mission field because I showed up at a missions conference and they, I was really inspired and my emotions were high and I made a decision, I'm going to Ethiopia. And then three years later, they're not even in church. Why? Governed, led, controlled by feelings, emotions, appetites, egos, and not the voice of the Lord. God's voice is supposed to be our compass. God's spirit is what's supposed to lead us. Right? Right? And I remember the story my wife told about a missionary that went into a country, and they, he was in this village, and there was a, a, a demon-possessed boy there, and they brought this missionary to cast the devil out of him, and he laid hands on him and said, In the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, come out. And the little boy put his hand on his stomach and said the words, Too full. Too full. Too full. Too full. The man went back to his room and he stayed he shut in for days and prayed and fasted, and he went back and cast the devil out of that child. How much do we miss in our spiritual lives because we are too full? Because our senses are so dull. Christian, I'm telling you, fasting is not supposed to be foreign to us as Christians. It's not something that those elite Christians over there that, you know, well, they, they went to seminary, so they're supposed to fast. They, they, they have a reverend by their name. You know, they're, they're ordained or, you know, they, they pastor a church. And so they're supposed to do it. No. Jesus's words in the passage that we read, when you fast. In other words, in Jesus's mind, this was something that was a, a part of the believer's life. This is a part of our lifestyle. Fasting heightens our senses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, we walk by faith not by sight. I believe this that prayer and fasting restores our spiritual sight. It heightens our senses. A diet will change the way that you look, but fasting will change the way that you see. It'll change your ability to hear, to sense what God's doing. Prayer and fasting helps us to rise above our feelings, our senses. It helps us to walk by faith and not by sight. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7, I think, says this beautifully. Be anxious for nothing. That's a feeling. Right? Right? Be honest. How much anxiety controls our decision? How many times do we let our fears change the course of our life? We quit a job because of a fear. We break a relationship because of a fear. Right? We don't show up somewhere because of fear. How how often do we let anxiety, fear, emotions, all these things control us? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the, the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. All right, number four. Fasting equips us. Prayer and fasting equips us for spiritual warfare. Right? You, you want to be strong in spiritual Warfare? You want to have power over the enemy? One secret. Spend time with God. That's it. You know, the disciples, the the Bible says of the the disciples in Acts that they, they turned the world upside down. Did you know that? Where were they equipped? In the seminary? Nope. Was it because they were Pharisees of all Pharisees? Nope. The Bible says that when when they looked upon them, they knew that they had been with Jesus. That's where their power came from. They had been in the presence of the Lord. Fasting, again, is about drawing near to God. That's the purpose of it. Again, if if we're not drawing near to God when we fast, we are just on a diet. Fasting is about drawing near to God. And when we draw near to God, we will be equipped for the purposes of God. We have to understand this. When it comes to spiritual warfare, there, there are certain areas where we will just not be up to the task without fasting. Right? Isn't that what happened with the disciples? Jesus sent them out. Right? They, they came to this, this young man with a demon. They tried to cast the demon out of this young man. They were unable to do it. What did Jesus say? Matthew 17, 21. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There's an equipping that comes from being in the presence of God that will give you power to expel demons. That's a reality. That's a spiritual reality. Time with Jesus makes us a powerful people. Prayer and fasting will equip us for spiritual warfare. Hunger is a motivator. Man, let's, let's, how, many, how many of you have laid in bed? Am I going to get up out of bed or am I going to get something to eat? You've been so tired. Sooner or later, the hunger, you could be wiped out. But when you're hungry, you will get up out of the bed and go fix yourself something to eat. Hunger motivates. Hunger motivates. Hunger is a motivator. Do you, you remember the, um, the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, the, the son that went away and he spent all of his father's wealth and he ended up in the pig pens eating eating the food of the pigs? You know what motivated him? Hunger. He said, My father's servants are eating good food. His hunger motivated him to go home. Hunger is a motivator, right? So the, the question is, what are we feeding ourselves? What, what, what you choose to feed yourselves will ultimately determine your, your, your cravings, your appetites. If you're feeding on the things of the world, if you're, you're feeding on entertainment, if you're feeding on the worldliness, and listen, again, nothing wrong with all that. I watched football yesterday. I'm not anti-entertainment. Not anti-food. But if that is all that you are consuming. And you have not set a pattern of time with the Lord. Your cravings will be for the things of the Lord. And it will be what motivates your life every single time. That prodigal son, though, he said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to my father's house. We've got to make a decision that says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to choose to go to the father's house. I'm not going to stay out here in the hog pen and eat this muck. There's something better to eat. Job, in, in the book of Job, chapter 23, verse 12, I love this, this verse. He says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips, and I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary Food. Look, look at the life of Job. All the things that he went through. Everything that he lost. What, what did Job do when he when he lost it all? The Bible says he built an altar and he worshipped God. Right? Job said, I desire the word of Jesus more than my necessary food. When, when that is your heart, You've got the essence of what fasting is really all about. I'd rather just go sit in the presence of the the Lord with my Bible and pray than go have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich today. I'd rather go and spend time with the Lord than to go to church. I'd rather go and get away in my prayer closet when all of my coworkers are going off to have a fancy lunch. I desire Jesus more than my necessary food. I desire his word more than a great meal. What are you hungry for? Church, let's, let's stand together. I, wanna, I, I just want to challenge you with this. Fasting is necessary for every single one of us. If we want to live a life of spiritual strength, of relationship, communion with the Lord. I want to encourage you to make fasting a normal part of your routine. I I don't know how to do that. Come see me. There's all kinds of things, there's all kinds of ways that you can fast. Some people fast till sundown. Well, that's nothing. Yeah, you try it. You know, you can't leave the house without a donut. You try it. Start with something simple like that. And here, listen, if, if you, let's just say you commit to a seven day fast or a 21 day fast or something, and you're fasting and you're at work, and it never fails, when you're fasting, like they bring your favorite food to work. Yep, company party today, Bosses paying tacos. If you're ever fasting and you put a taco in your mouth, I, I've done, I've done that. I've been on a fast. I was leading. This is pastor's confession right here. I was leading our church in Texas on an extended fast, and somebody brought. This is on a job site in Texas. They brought the best tacos you can imagine, and. I fell into sin. (laughs) Before I even knew what I was doing, I had a taco unwrapped and in my mouth and first bite, it dawned on me, I am fasting. And you know what I did? I threw the taco away. No, I didn't. I ate the whole thing. (laughs) I ate it all. (laughs) If you're fasting and you mess up, you know what you do? Just start over Cuz it's not about our perfection. It's about drawing close to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your people that are in this house. Lord, I pray that in this message today there's some inspiration But I pray that your people would be able to take hold of just some of the principles, some of the concepts that have been communicated and apply them to their lives. Father, I believe that we're living in an exciting day. I believe that you have a great purpose to be fulfilled in this earth. Lord, I believe you want to raise up a mighty army of people that are not spiritually weak, Lord, but you want to raise up a people that are strong. And Daniel, your word says that those that know you will be strong and do exploits. Father, I pray that you would stir in everyone in this room today a desire to draw close to you, to receive from you, to be equipped, to be led by your spirit, to be shaped, changed, and transformed. Father, you're a good God. And I pray and I desire that everybody in this room would come to know you more. But I, I pray that somehow that the desires of this world would fade in our hearts, that they would become more and more insignificant Lord, and that your kingdom would be a forefront in all of our minds. Lord, that there would be a people here who are passionate for you and your presence and for your word to just get away into that secret place and to hear the voice of your spirit. Father, I pray that we would come forth with boldness, with strength, with a confidence transformed to walk out and to live out and to fulfill your purpose on this earth. Father, I thank you and give you praise for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, you need to. Please don't leave without knowing Jesus. I believe that today you can be born again, that you can be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I believe that your reservation in hell can be canceled and your name can be written into the Lamb's book of life. Amen. I believe you can be brought into a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. And so if you would like to experience that, when everybody's going that way, you come this way. Amen. I'll stick around here and would love to pray with you and minister to you. If you need anything from the Lord at all, our altar is open. I'm going to dismiss you guys. God bless you. We love you.